What's up, everybody? This is Judith. I hope you're listening to Mad Love. So, yeah, I don't think I was clear enough. The fact that Janet Jackson can make her family seem normal is huge. You know what I mean? And I think it's great that she loves them. She's passionate. She's loyal. She's devoted to her family. And, you know, over the years, you just heard weird stories, you know, like how Randy and Jermaine were married to the same woman and they've got kids together. You know, so there are some Jacksons that are, you know, brother cousins. You know what I mean? Like, but, you know, she's just like, that's family. And I respect that. And I love Janet, though. And, um, you know, she made Michael seem normal. And he didn't seem normal. And to be fair, we don't know him. And you don't never, well, you don't never, you don't ever really know another person just you know, especially if you're only exposed to them through the media, because they distort everything, you know, but uh, anyway, it was a huge feat for her to be able to do that, but again, I'd like to see her get the Amy treatment, you know, maybe um, do a documentary by a skilled documentarian who isn't just interviewing her, but, you know, sort of telling more of a story. I think that would be, you know, a lot more interesting. Uh, Well, I think it would satisfy people who felt like she didn't share anything or do anything differently. All right. Then the next thing that's on my mind is I still really hate the Rams. I didn't I thought I was trying to get over it, but I just I'm not. You know, I know it's not good for me to wish ill upon them, which I don't. I just don't want to see Stan Kroenke get prospered in any way. But that's out of my hands. All I can do is not watch his product. Um, and he's just destroyed every team he's been a part of. Even the soccer team that he owns is now trash. I mean, I'm just waiting to see how long is it going to take before. But I think the league probably has some investment in him being successful in Los Angeles because it was purely a money grab. But, I mean, this guy is not a good stand-up person, so... I'm curious to see how long it's going to take before fans stop showing up. I mean, and they struggled for stars to show. I mean, I was listening to the news, and it wasn't like a Laker game, that's for sure. They literally were like, oh, and there's so-and-so, and there's somebody over there. You know, so, listen, uh, the guy's not a good guy, and it won't take long. It will not take long. He'll show his true colors. He's going to be one of those people that gets forced out of ownership. You know, I don't know if they've ever done that in the NFL, but I could see him being one of those people because they got what they wanted from him, which was to put a put a team in L.A., even though L.A. doesn't care about football, professional football. They love USC. They love UCLA. They are not pressed about an NFL team. You know, so we'll see. Once the product gets weak, and that's why they had to drag two teams in there. You know, and I think Fox just wanted a production office there, or NFL just wanted a production office there. This was all a business move, and they picked the wrong one because Kroenke is shysty, man. That dude is not stand-up. So we'll see. I mean, he'll put a turd on the field for a decade and then wonder why nobody comes to the games. And now we hate L.A. Where can we move the team to now? But this expensive-ass stadium you built, he'll put a soccer team or something in there. He'll do something different with it. 
And granted, the dome wasn't great. I liked the, uh, when they were pretending like we were going to have a shot at keeping the team and they did stadium designs, I liked that much better than the Jones Dome. That was not, not ideal. But, you know, we're a cold weather place. And I guess they thought, well, nobody, although people sat out, sit outside in Green Bay and Chicago, much colder places, you know, New England, which that's the coldest I've ever been in my life. Chicago and New England tie. So I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things. I just wish people cared passionately the way they care about getting the team out of here. I wish they cared that much about keeping it here. Um, but yeah. Anyway, enough about that. I, it just burns me up. <laughs> then one of my friends he was texting me, and that just made me more mad. Um, but anyway, I think uh, I was telling a story to one of my friends yesterday. You know, we were just talking about things we've learned. And one thing, you know, I'm always listening to different podcasts and different books and stuff. And one thing I heard the other day that that resonated with me, because I have deep issues with feeling worthy. I'm always grateful, but there's just this level, this coding of unworthiness that I think comes from my parents being born in, in the Depression, but also, you know, tons of Catholic school. And you just sort of get this feeling like you don't deserve anything, you know, like you don't deserve anything good. If something bad happens to you, you probably deserve it. You know, it's just ugh, it's such a hard feeling to shake. And I was telling her how I was listening to one of these things I listened to. And they were like, you know, when your parents were shooting down your ideas and telling you you can't have things, uh, it wasn't based on, you know, uh, the Lord or being humble or anything like that. It was based on them thinking they couldn't afford to give you what you wanted. So they had to be like, well, the Lord wants you to be humble or, you know, do you have good grades? Or it became more transactional and more conditional. And so, of course, you were probably going to get it. Like if you had, you know, middle class parents like me, you were probably going to get it. They just didn't know how to shut it down in a in a healthy way, uh, you know, or say, hey, yeah, let's talk about that later. If you really want it, let's have a conversation. No, it was more like, well, we ain't got no money. We can't afford that. In my house, that was a big one. We can't, we don't have any money. And it was clear we had money. But, you know, you think, oh, that's not a big deal. Everybody's parents do that. But here's the thing. By the time you get an adult, you realize this kind of constant initial reaction to anything financial comes from that. Oh, I can't afford that. All the reasons where you talk yourself out of things that you know you can do and the the things you know you want and you wonder why you never get anything you want, that's it. It's because you had all these weird negotiations with your parents who, you know, a lot of times thought they were just teaching you or managing your expectations. They were teaching you that life should be hard, that you're not going to get everything you want, that you you will have to struggle. And, and that is the curse of the lower middle class, the working class. Because I have relatives who, who grew up and nobody ever said no. And they live like nobody ever really said no. And their kids live like nobody says no. They live like everything goes great. And you get it. If, hey, your car breaks down, just buy another one. You know, this million-dollar house is nice, but no, I want a $2 million house. It's weird. 
it you think it's strange but I'm or you might resist this but that's the point depending on how much resistance you had heaped upon you as a child is going to play a big role in how you allow yourself to receive things as an adult including love money uh compliments people who can't accept compliments like that's a thing you need to work that if somebody says i love you and it makes you feel weird and tense up that's weird you need to work on it you know if someone says hey you look beautiful today and and you tense up and you don't know how to receive that you need to work on that and i've been that person when i was in college people would pay me compliments but it was i just didn't know how to react I literally had to work on how to receive a compliment. And then after that, how to give a compliment. Because I would be thinking complimentary things, but I would never say them. How will people know how you feel if you never say it? So, I mean, and to this day, I know grown-ass people, if you tell them a compliment or tell them they're beautiful or tell them you love them, they are stumped. (laughs) It's like, I don't know what to say to that. So we're all works in progress. So if if that's where you need to do your work, know that uh, I got you. And I don't know who needs to hear that today, but yeah, work on that. You need to learn how to receive. If you want to have a, a, a fulfilling life, a life that feels like, you know, it just feels more inclusive of you and your dreams and hopes and desires, you got to learn how to receive. And some of that is, you know, receiving compliments, receiving love, receiving positive energy. You know, uh, when someone says they're going to pray for you, like, that's huge. Learn how to receive it. That's that's where I am. I'm allowing all the good that God has in store for me to show up and enjoy it because I'm tired of living like, you know, I got to you know, just drink water and have a heel of bread, like, and be humble. That's because that's what a lot of people think when they say, well, I should be humble. They think it's just like, thanks for this little crust of bread and this little bit of water. (laughs) Yeah, I want more than that. (laughs) Oh, Anyway, I, I hope the message doesn't get distorted. You know, learn how to receive the good things that God has in store for you. That's the message. Have a wonderful day today. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for listening, sharing, forwarding, uh, subscribing. Give me those five stars. Oh, yeah. Also, I did you guys see Joe Rogan issued a very thoughtful statement? And I appreciate what he's saying because I feel the same way about my podcast. Although I didn't create it to have great conversations with people. I've had a few. But it really is a way just to get messages, I think, that need to be out in the world, out in the world. And while my podcast uh, hasn't blown up like his, I do understand what he's saying. It's like, I'm not trying to be a scientist. I'm not trying to spread misinformation. I'm just having conversations. And it's specifically with two doctors. And one doctor developed the, uh, the vaccine. So that's not really the issue for me. The issue is not... Uh, Joe Rogan is a comedian. If you go to his profile anywhere, he states that he is a comedian first. So we need to ask ourselves, why is it that we trust comedians more than we trust the news media? You know, that's a fair question. And he gave a thoughtful reaction to Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, although I think he got Joni Mitchell's song wrong. I think that was Ricky Lee Jones, but... 
Nice try, Joe. But I appreciate the effort and the energy that he brought, which is I'm just having conversations with people. And it's not trying to spread misinformation. He can't help but that his podcast is popular. You all just need to do better. Why are we trusting Joe Rogan and not uh, CNN? There you go. All right. Have a great day. So you know they gotta have it, can't give it free, gotta charge a fee, make believe it's needed by an automatic. Uh, all eyes on me, gotta sacrifice time and privacy. Me and Papa about to play hide and seek, go steal a Royce Royce, spin and driving streets. So now the money's in play, keep a hundred in case, feeling sly, wanna buy the whole place. Now the honey's in the days, the haters constipated, looking funny in the face. Wait, he expresses such a taste, he moving too fast, he seeks success as pace. Uh, Spit the Western just in case, lunatics lose it, gotta keep my family safe. Hey. So now you got the fame, now they know your name, but you swear you never changed, huh. but that was all vain, cause now they know your name and now that is all changed, uh, ironic how I'm on a St. Thomas Aquinas until Judas Rooster with the pirates, accusing Zeus of defiance, trying to knock him off his feet cause they beat the highest, my mama speaks Messiah, supreme ethereal being, I'm pleading peace and quiet, I beseech the liars who can't reach the pyre, I'm gonna meet the fire, but we need the needle cause, we love the fame, we need the drug, we need the fix, we need the buzz, I'm a fiend it seems, I need it cause, uh, Chris Brown pissed at his old dame The fame being the reason your whole soul changed But when your fandom cheers You shine in that light like a chandelier Can you tame the beast? Should've know I can Man, I came to feast in a Porsche With suicide doors Parked in the winehouse But do I die for? Huh. Truly I'm foreign It's all bad apples like fruit And I'm orange Like an old Kardashian show huh. Or go for fame like a pro And have the masses follow your actions around the globe Either way the blade favors none Ask MJ what is facing up Ask Miley Cyrus why she plays a slut Yo, ask OJ, hey, who made you run? Huh. Fame, running plays for scum Money pays for some, a hundred ways to stun I know I've done it as a favor like maybe once Back when I wasn't born in 1981 huh. Call me crazy but I'm paid up front I played to Beijing for an Asian lunch Private planes, trains, and on the way you're blunt Let me get these in Dubai, my favorite son One